this is Hadassah for the Brass Court. It's a delight to welcome you back to today's episode of Book by Book Bible Study. We're on the book of Acts, today we take a look at Acts chapter 19. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for the gift of your word. We're grateful for the opportunity to be able to hear from you, learn from you, grow, become more like you. We ask that as we take a look at your word today we will hear we will understand and we will see the places that we can work and to grow and become more like you in Jesus name Amen Acts chapter 19 from verse 1 while Apollos was in Corinth Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers You didn't receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come after, who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then... When Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied, there were about 12 men in all. Again, we see a very good example of do as best as you can until you know better. Then when you know better, you do better. Right? We see these men who were holding steadfastly to what they did know. They didn't know beyond the baptism of John. But here they are wholeheartedly totally completely committed and they were actually known as believers and yet when they were confronted with the revelation of something more something bigger something better they went after it and this the posture that we need to adopt as believers right let's go on from verse 8 then paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months arguing persuasively about the kingdom of god but some believers became stubborn i'm sorry but some became stubborn rejecting his message and publicly soaking speaking against the way so paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of tyrannus this went on for the next two years so that people throughout the province of asia both Jews and Greeks heard the word of the Lord. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched the skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. A group of Jews was traveling down, traveling town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. 
Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars, so the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Achaia before going to Jerusalem, and after that, he said, I must go on to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. Wow. Well, we see how important it is to to only preach what you believe in. <laughs> I I find this part very poignant, you know. So even the evil spirits, you know, they know the power of Jesus. They know who, those who are walking for Jesus, who are doing Jesus' work, who are working for the um, kingdom of heaven. So they know. If you're actually doing it, they know. And if you're not actually doing it, they know. And if we if we look back on the history of the church several times, we have been told, we've been warned, we've been instructed to not preach a gospel we don't believe in, to not preach a message we don't believe in. So it's, it's I, I suppose it's well and good to say, oh, I heard this and I think it's interesting. I heard this and I think you'll find it useful, you'll find it helpful. But if you're going to embody a message, Make sure it's something you're practicing and you understand that you actually believe. Because there are testings and there are testings. Amen. <laughs> Let's get back into it from verse 23. About that time, serious trouble developed in Ephesus concerning the way. It began with Demetrius, a silversmith who had a large business manufacturing silver shrines of the Greek goddess Artemis. He kept many of many craftsmen busy. He called them together along with others employed in similar trades and addressed them as follows. Gentlemen, you know that our wealth comes from this business, but as you have seen and heard, this man Paul has persuaded many people that handmade gods are not really gods at all. Ooh, Kingdom of Darkness feels interesting. And he has done this not only here in Ephesus, but throughout the entire province. Of course, I'm not just talking about the loss of public respect for our business. I'm also concerned that the temple of the Greek goddess Artemis will lose its influence and that Artemis, this great, this magnificent goddess worshipped throughout the province of Asia and all around the world, will be robbed of her great prestige. At this, their anger boiled and they began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians, my God. You have never seen sentiment weeping in action. I mean, this is a prime example. The man was just scared that he was going to go out of business. And instead of switch, I mean, he could have switched his craft to make something else. He could have come to Christ. He could have done anything. Instead, he's so scared about the potency of the gospel that he acts in fear. He turns the people that he leads he leads them astray and he turns it into violence. Such a selfish decision based in fear. And I'm bringing it up and explaining the specifics because a, a number of us do things like this. 
you confront a risk to your business to your job to something you're responsible for and instead of taking responsibility to pivot or resolve the problem you decide to succumb to fear to mislead the people that you are responsible for and to stir up trouble please don't let it be you as you have seen clearly in the bible that modus operandi is not a signature of a person who is who belongs to the kingdom of heaven it's not it's not our way of life as christians so don't let it be you amen let's keep going verse 28 at this their anger boiled and they began shouting great is Athamis of the Ephesians so the whole city was filled with confusion everyone rushed to the amphitheater dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus who were Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia Paul wanted to go in too but the believers wouldn't let him some of the officials of the province friends of Paul also sent a message to him begging him not to risk his life by entering the amphitheater inside the people were all shouting some were shouting one thing some were shouting another everyone was in con- everything was in confusion in fact most of them didn't even know why they were there interested the jews of the crowd pushed alexander forward and told him to explain the situation he motioned for silence and tried to speak but when the crowd realized there was a jew they started shouting again and kept it up for about two hours greatest atomies of deficiency greatest atomies of deficiency interesting they need so much furrow and this is 2023 and we don't know them just saying of course at last the mayor was able to quiet them down enough to speak citizens of ephesus he said everyone knows that ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great atomies whose image fell down to us from heaven since this is an undeniable fact you should stay calm and not do anything rash you have brought this man here, but they have stolen nothing from the temple and have not spoken against our goddess. If Demetrius and the craftsmen have a case against them, the courts are in session and the officials can hear the case at once. Let them make formal charges. And if there are complaints about other matters, they can be settled in a legal assembly. I'm afraid we're in the danger of being charged with rioting by the Roman government since there is no cause for all this commotion. And if Rome demands an explanation, we won't know what to say. Then he dismissed them and they dispersed. Oh, wow. Things got heated for a moment there, right? Well, (laughs) a number of things in this chapter. One, there's often more than one way to achieve an outcome. And the most direct may not always be the most profitable. You need to follow God's choice for you. And know that you would arrive at an outcome with a lot more added benefits it's it's interesting to say it's um important to say this because so often we get fixated on what god tells us that we lose sight of how or rather we get fixated on what god tells us and how we think it should happen that we get confused by the part is taking to lead us there let me give you this example as we will see as we go through the book of acts that paul eventually went on to rome he went to the macedonia you know in verse 21 we said afterward paul felt compelled by the spirit to go over to macedonia and achaia before going to jerusalem and after that he was going to rome it's just that the way he thought it was the way we thought it was going to go there is not the way he went there 
the way he eventually went to Rome, we'll see it very soon in coming episodes. The way he eventually went to Rome had a lot to do with like made sure that that path it took put the gospel in the ears of government officials of the day. It made sure that it was heard by the powers that be. Christianity went from the gospel went from being something that was talked about by the masses to being something that was being talked about from the top all the way to the bottom. Everybody heard it. And I don't think that would have been achieved yet if he had gone the way he wanted to go, you know, from city to city to city to city to city to city. Because he would have at at most maybe the city officials would hear when they punish him and he tells them he's a Roman citizen and they come to beg him. You know, like things or like situations that happened with the jail. Right? But he went all the way, he got hurt by the emperor. That's real deep. So there's often more than one way to an outcome. And if God tells you XYZ is gonna happen, you can trust that XYZ is gonna happen. But just because you think XYZ is gonna happen in ABC does not mean that it's gonna happen in ABC God can come and tell you that so we're going to take MNO and then the tour to PQR and come back to A. Then we jump to Z and then you just say, Oh wow, the outcome has happened. But that's not how we thought it was gonna happen, right? So we need to fix it more on what God needs us to do and walk step by step in obedience rather than getting sitting into how we think it should happen or X is supposed to happen before Y. Sorry, you're not the master plan of your life. I'm just saying, just reminding you. Anyway, okay, and then another thing is that trouble does not always mean that God did not speak or that God is not there. It could be men making bad decisions, the devil protesting, your own immaturity or mistakes, or a combination of all of this. Again, this is based on what I now know. So when um when I was when I was reading the book of Acts most recently, I had this tendency to think, why did Paul have to go to Jerusalem? Because when you when it was finally ready to go to Jerusalem, the believers had strong emotions that he was going to be arrested, he was going to be persecuted, he was going to be in deep trouble, and they were all begging him not to go. And he insisted he was going to go. But I think I, I, I'd forgotten that I read this part where before anything even went wrong, the Holy Spirit had impressed it on him that he had to go to Jerusalem and then to Rome. So sometimes, you know, God gives us an instruction and we set out and we run into trouble. And this is a reminder that that doesn't always mean God is not there. And doesn't always mean that we did not hear. Sometimes people around us make bad decisions because people are not perfect. Some, not all of them are believers anyway. Sometimes it's the devil protesting and throwing tantrums and trying to throw things in your way in hopes of making you derail. Sometimes it's your own immaturity or mistakes, or the mistakes that you make. When we know what we know, and we don't know everything, so we make mistakes. Sometimes we have not grown enough. You know, sometimes we grow and we learn and we look back and we're like, mm, I could have handled that thing better. But either way, whatever it is that is responsible for the trouble, and of course it can be a combination of all of this, or some, some of, of some or all of this, but whatever it is that throws the trouble, as long as you heard God, you stick with what he said, and trust him to resolve the rest. He didn't promise us a smooth journey. He promised us victory in the end. 
and I hope that whatever that means for you right now, you understand, you accept, and you'll give you the grace to carry it and show up strong in the way that he's counting on you to show up. Have a beautiful day ahead.